bags and moved down to Florida. And I've been blue since she went and gone. And this Bowling Green Motel room is now my old Kentucky home. All right, we're back. We're another, back. Another episode. Another quarantine episode. <laughs> yeah. We've we've been booted out of our normal recording area and coming live to you from the garage. But this is a pretty good setup. Yeah. It's a good it, COVID free zone. It's I feel safe here. It's not freezing <laughs> outside. No, not today. If we'd done this if we did tomorrow, Friday we would die. Yeah, or we Friday. Been struggling out literally here. died. Yeah. Um but yeah, so we're back trying to keep the show rolling in the midst of COVID. Yeah. So uh, I've got Hunter here tonight. Got Matt Langford here again. Um, before we get going, I, you know, the last time the three of us were all together, we talked about where Mississippi ranked and different things. Correct. Um, and you know, we we're talking about potentially raising the cost of non-resident licenses. Yes. Yeah. Well, I looked this up, and this was, and we're not in the top ten of money made off of hunting, obviously. Well, I would imagine, yeah. But Arkansas is. Now I wonder, is that going to be big game? Because it didn't distinguish between it. It just said it's this is how much money. It's, it's got to be waterfowl. I mean, there's right? fine whitetail hunting up there too, but it's going to be It's got to be waterfowl. Yeah, it's got to sure. be. So Arkansas brought in eleven point two million dollars from non-resident hunters last yeah. year, which ranked number nine. In the, in the country Mississippi was not in the top 10 what state do you think ranks number one California nope oh man they have a big waterfowl uh, uh Montana huh? uh Illinois maybe it's, it's, cause I only said that cause price. I think Montana is like outrageously expensive not for Illinois no hold on I'm still thinking uh Maine Florida <laughs> non resident hunters which I know Florida brings in a lot for turkeys and Turkey a lot for pigs. Yeah, okay, hold on. Georgia, I'll eventually hit What's Tennessee. What's the destination? Is it Kansas or Iowa? Jeez. You're getting closer. Indiana? You're getting further. Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin. South Dakota. More west. More west. Wyoming. North Dakota. You're getting really close now. Idaho. Oregon. Washington. We said further, Montana, you're further we? away. You're going, you're going the wrong Arizona. Direction. We're running out of states. I'm Utah. out of states. I only know like 30 of the 50. Utah? <laughs> Very close. Right, Very close. Nevada. I'm trying to think of what's around. I already said Arizona. Go back. Go back east. Dude, this is. This is. Col- it's not Colorado. It Colorado. It is Colorado. I was okay. gonna say that, but then they have the cheapest non-resident elk tag of any state, and I'm like, Yeah, that's one. Yeah, I'm like, that, that's surely not. I couldn't believe it either. But I know they're not that high. Like I really could have. What is Illinois? I, I didn't. I didn't write all that down. Now, okay. If you. I'm yeah. sure Illinois is a top ten, though. There's no doubt. It is. Yeah, I'm sure just because it's so expensive. I mean, it's literally right. around fifteen hundred dollars. But I mean, that makes sense. I'm pretty sure their elk population's like a hundred thousand more. All right. Than all the other. Knowing states. that Colorado is number one, Arkansas is number nine at eleven point two million. Oh man, Matt so with a new, party foul. New theme song. New guy. That was a business Playing. video. Sorry about that. Play. Okay. All right. Knowing that Arkansas is number nine at eleven point two million, yeah, Colorado's number one. Are you googling this? Real quick, <laughs> are you are you cheating? No, I'm looking up how what uh, Illinois licenses were. I don't want to miss. Okay. I don't want to be as misspoken and say well, they're fifteen hundred and they're like six hundred. Yeah. So how much money did Colorado bring in from non-resident hunting licenses uh, last year? I'm gonna 39 guess nine million. I'm gonna guess eighty-one billion do- million dollars. <laughs> Excuse me, forty-nine point seven million. I wasn't way off. No. That's a lot. That is a lot. Google. It, what, how, so, what's their number one? Is it mule deer? Yeah, I don't think it would be elk simply because there's not that many elk. It, no, there's there's more elk in Colorado than anywhere. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they outnumber deer, do they? I, I bet they do. Mule they deer. They may. They may. Because mule deer populations have been in decline. Yeah. I don't know. And, and 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 what I looked up, it did not distinguish between like what game they were hunting. It just non-resident. You know what? How much money do non-resident licenses pull in for each state? Yeah. And Colorado was number one at forty-nine point seven million, which blew my mind. Was California on that list? I didn't see it. Oh, I thought you had all the top ten. No, you just pointed out a couple. I got. Well, I was trying to see where Mississippi was, and it wasn't even in the top ten, so it didn't even pull up how much we pulled in. But it's obviously less than. I'm going to say it's less than ten million dollars. 
you need uh, to which tells me we need to raise the price exponentially yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that for non-resident guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that would be my second course of action. I think what would be a really cool course of action is what I said Arkansas does for waterfowl. Yeah. And every WMA on the state, Mississippi residents get the first two weeks right. of archery and, say, the first two weeks of waterfowl. Right. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then open it up to them at whatever price you had it at. That's I agree. Me. I agree 100%. Because you said you have a lot of Louisiana around you, right? Right. Yeah. It seems like everywhere I go, I have a lot of and Louisiana. Are you close to Delta me. National? I'm, you, I'm south of it. South of it. Are you close yeah. to a national forest or, or a WMA? Uh, I mean, you got... what? Uh, I mean, how far is St. Catharines Creek from you? St. Catharines Creek's another hour south. Oh, it is? Um, I got what's just, there's one just north of Vicksburg. What is that one? I can't think of it. I don't know probably like something called like I mean you know you get some you, once you get north of Vicksburg you get a few of them there and then you get you know you've got St. Catharines Creek down around Natchez yeah. um and uh I've heard that a lot of dog hunters come from Arkansas to hunt DeSoto not DeSoto um what's the one up around Te- through Tejasville um Tom well, that's DeSoto but it's uh uh Shungalo in what's is it Tallahatchie but it's part of in DeSoto Raleigh? It's in Raleigh. Oh, 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 oh okay, yeah. okay, the WMA. Yeah, the WMA, up there, it's beautiful woods up there. Right. Um, well, you're getting uh, Leaf River Woods. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but they said, uh, I know a guy lives in the forest just about, and he said that dog hunters come from Arkansas to hunt there. Now, I wonder, why would dog hunters come from Arkansas down here? Is it is Probably it, because we probably, if I had to guess, it's because we have incredibly lax dog hunting laws if i had to guess right because i mean i can't imagine that did we ever talk about that on the show dog, dog hunting? hunting i don't think we did i don't think we did. i know i wrote a column about it one time yeah and i got some i got some positive feedback and i got some hate mail off of it too why were you incredibly against it no i'm not i'm not against dog hunting um at all uh i just you know growing up in our family and doing it with Uncle Elvin when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. But, you know, he had two beagles that would run slam across Smith County. Yeah. And, I mean, they weren't staying. I mean, you turn them loose, you catch them two days. Later. Well, you wouldn't catch them. Somebody would call you and be like, mm-hmm. hey, I've got your dogs. And, and as a kid, I never realized or thought about that in a negative sense. But the older I get, it's pretty... it's not I don't know how to say it it's not right to have your dogs running around for two days on other people's property and things like that and and the good thing about Uncle Elvin growing up was he's he's such a big name in Smith County as far as hunting goes that nobody ever really gave him any grief about it they just called him and said you know because he's a good man and he, he wasn't Letting his dogs loose and wreak havoc on purpose. It just—he had two dogs. He just could not catch them. Now, he had one you catch every time. But he had two you couldn't catch them. I remember rabbit hunting with his dogs. Mm-hmm. He killed one rabbit. Drive to Smith County to shoot a rabbit. Right. Yeah. Dog hunting is—that's a whole another can of worms. But it uh, is. But we could do an entire like, show. Yeah. Like I, the positive. I mean, first off, I think there's some of the best people gonna look, might laugh at me. Marksman for making some of those shots. Right. A deer being run by dogs is usually not an easy shot. No. Um, Which I, is another I, issue with a rifle, because I, I would. Yes, with a rifle. I could uh, grape shot a couple. With, with, and that's another issue that I've had with dog hunting is the is the ability to be in, whether you're able to take an ethical shot or not. Because I mean, if you've dog hunted a lot, you've seen a lot of wounded deer. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that go into. But I know some guys we'll that have to can, do an episode on that one day. We, we will. We can do an, an entire segment on dog hunting. Yeah, because I, if I were um, head of the Department of Wildlife Fisheries Department, they would have to use trad bows only to run it <laughs> off. To run dogs. <laughs> and could only shoot them 100 yards away. Because that would go so well. Um, <laughs> It'd be we'll, 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 right You know what? We'll reserve. write that down. And we'll do an entire an entire segment on dog hunting in Mississippi coming. And up. if you get negative feedback from us mentioning that, we'll know to steer away. <laughs> well, I don't care. I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get negative both feedback. Extremes on that on right. that topic. Every well, time. I, I know people that would be in favor of 
entirely banning dog hunting. And I'm not, you know, I think there's way too much tradition there to do that. No, and, and, and I'm I, perfectly... I know, now, dog hunting has also evolved a lot since we were kids. Correct. I mean, now you got the GPS tracking devices on your dog, so it makes yeah, it a lot easier to locate them and find yeah. them. You know, we didn't have any of that. It was kind of like you were dependent on somebody catching them when they came by or a, a neighbor, or, you know, a neighboring landowner calling you later on saying, I got your dogs. Yeah. And I've killed a lot of deer still hunting. From other dogs. people running dogs and the yeah. deer peeling off, right? You know, so there's an argument to be made there that it doesn't hurt you still hunting. The only the only way I think it hurts you still hunting is if the dogs run through your plot. I especially you know. don't mind it in pine trees, which is down here. That's <laughs> all we have. Especially don't mind. Well, I'm talking about like these big clubs that are just like just warehouse or pine trees, and I mean just pine trees. All right, I'm I'm gonna say this and then we'll move on. I think in order to run dogs, we do need to implement one law, and that's to do it. You have to have a certain amount of acres of land to do it on. Because if you got 200 acres of land, you cannot contain your dogs. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, not enough property. No. All right. Moving on, I did a poll the other day on Instagram for people to chime in and tell us the dumbest things they've done in the outdoors whether it be hunting or fishing and essentially you did something really stupid and you were able to live to tell about it is it okay if mine is something you did <laughs> you've got plenty you can you can tell us what you did oh. um i won't read them all some of the feedback i got now this is this is pretty good and i'll say this 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 guy was a former player of mine uh he wiped his rear end with poison ivy accidentally one time. Ooh, that's brutal. I mean, that's like the most brutal one that's pretty bad. I've ever heard. That's pretty bad. It's, it's, it's pretty dumb and pretty painful at the I'd same time. probably rather lose a small appendage, like a finger or toe. Uh, had a guy that chimed in and said that he had some water in the boat and he was out deep sea fishing and took the plug out of the boat when it was on plane to get the water out of the boat. Oh my! That's pretty. That's pretty gutsy. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, hey, gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> he got the boat oh, up on man. plane and took the plug out, so the water had gone gotta out. Gotta do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> what happens if you can't get it back in? You're gonna have a difficult time with mine. <laughs> Better have the coast guard on speed dial. So those are a couple of the responses we got. I won't read them all. It'd take all night, but I thought it was pretty interesting. All yeah. right, I've done that one before, but. With the, the plug? River. Yeah, I launched my... When I had my Havoc, rest in peace, um, I launched the boat and was waiting on Dad to come back down. And I'm like, hmm, there's water in the floor. And there's not supposed to be because it had the you know, the floor in it. Right. And Dad got in the boat and I'm like, this is bad. I don't have the plug in. So I put the plug in to stop the... Lincoln. and then we just took off and dad rode with his head down by the gas tank till all the water went out and he plugged it <laughs> gotta do your, what you gotta do your dad told me a story one time about going down the river and, well I tell you what happened we went fishing one time and he had a chain on his motor he had the motor chained to the back of the boat and I asked him why is this chain here he said because I was going down the river one time and the motor came off and yeah. <laughs> he was hanging on to it he went he was going we were camping he yeah. was going back to the truck to get something. He was gone for so long. I mean, you get worried. Yeah. And he just kind of came back. He's like, motor came off. It was just running around behind the boat. And I couldn't <laughs> let go. Finally got it put back on. He held on to it. And that's a 15 Evan road for people out there wondering. Yeah. <laughs> on like a true river rat boat. Maybe weighs 50 pounds. <laughs> so what's... Hunter, what's the dumbest thing you've done? Like just when you you cringe to think about it, you go, "Man, I can't believe I did that." It's illegal. Well, <laughs> so you can, you can, it's hypothetically well, illegal. How long? How long ago was it? Statue Last year. Last year. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you a hypothetical story about a man named Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe went fishing in the Gulf of Mexico after he bought a boat. He bought a contender. And Joe went fishing. And you know when you go to a WMA, it's partially the state's fault or the ocean's fault. I'm not sure to put the blame on. But when you go to WMA, there's rules for the WMA. 
maybe they're hard to find on the internet. Maybe the website's not great. But if you go to the little box, the little thing, there's a list of rules. Mm -hmm. You can read every one of them. They go very in-depth. The ocean is not that way. There's no post out there. There's no post. (laughs) There's nothing. And they're like, hey, you need to check. Did you check in before you went sniper fishing? I'm like, what are you talking about, check in? There's no check in for sniper fishing. John said this. And that wasn't the time. John said it? John said it, yeah. Whomever, hypothetically speaking. It was John with Joe? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's not the one, though. There are no rules posted. They're hard to find on the internet. You pretty much got to get an app or know somebody. They're like, hey, are you using six odd hooks? And you're like, yeah. They're like, dude, that's illegal. And I'm like, where's that rule written? I um, didn't know that rule. So I got grief with, I mean, it's not actually six salt, but, you know, there's rules like that. So I got uh, gr- beef with the state on that part. But Joe may have caught redfish in international water. And Joe may not have known, hypothetically speaking, that he can't transport them back into state water and take them home and eat them. <laughs> hypothetically. We're going to have to edit this entire segment. A friend out. from New Jersey told me that story. Okay. Yeah. I would like to exercise my constitutional <laughs> right not to self-incriminate. So mine is... I probably wasn't a very big believer in always wearing a safety harness. Oh, man. Until about, I guess it was about 10 years ago. Maybe it was 8 years ago. But, I mean, I believed in them, but I didn't. Like, I had one, and I would wear it for that shaky lock-on. Oh, yeah, something that's sketchy. Like, oh, yeah. I might want to put this but on. But I never put it on in a climber. You want your dad like to have one, but you're not so worried about it. Yeah, yourself. there you go. Well, I've changed on that because <laughs> brother-in-law and I went into we knew a stand, a lock-on, needed new straps because we just knew they were old. And he volunteered to go up and change it. And I said, nah, man, I got you. Because this one was pretty low, and he's one of those that'll go up to any stand yeah. and get anything down with no strap. It doesn't bother him. Me, I'm like, this is the 12 or 13-foot one. I'll go ahead and get this one. Yeah. And I didn't put on a safety harness, and I got all the way up there, and I was undoing straps. And as I was undoing straps on the stand, uh, actually, we just got the stand down. And I guess I maybe leaned back on the ladder just a little bit. The, the steps that went up, pop, yeah. broke. I went all the way down, and I have no idea, but really all I got out of it was a sprained ankle. You fell You fell all the way from the top? Yeah. So my head was probably at the 12, 13-foot range. My feet, you know, fell seven to six feet, but didn't yeah. know it was coming, you know. Right. And uh, I got lucky. <clears throat> I got real lucky on that. So do you wear a safety harness now when you yeah, climb? Yeah, all the time when you climb. Yeah, I still cheat a little bit because I can't stand moving it up and down while I'm coming up and down. Right. But if I'm in the stand and I'm hunting, it is on me. And I know some people get on me for saying, well, you're still not wearing it right. But look, I've I've progressed. I'm further along than where I was. Right. I'm the and, same way. Like when I'm climbing up and down, mm-hmm. I don't have it tethered to the tree. I don't either because it's very, I mean, it's such a cumbersome. Well, like it, I have to take plan an extra 30, 25 minutes. Yeah, it takes 30 minutes to come up and go that's, up and down. That's another plug for the saddle. You're 100% connected all the time. It's the last time I'll speak on it. Well, so, yeah, the saddle, you don't... Use a lineman rope when you go up. Right. And you just lean back in it. You don't have to, you know, climb and move it. You just lean back and throw it and just step. Right. And if you cut out, then, yeah, I mean, it's going to hurt, but you're not going anywhere. So when you when you climb, do you use the sticks with the saddle? Yeah. Well, unless I'm hunting... If I'm hunting on private property and I have trees prepped, I use old school screw-ins the that screw you get for a dollar a piece. Right. I use them. And I can prep my trees in the off-season and I can leave them there and I don't have to worry about carrying sticks. I have never used the old screw-in steps because I just always... When I look at it, you, like you go to a sporting goods store and you yeah. look at them, they look like... Yeah. No, they're just sketchy. I'm not stepping on that. Yeah, yeah. The first tr- the first bow kill I ever had uh, was in an oak tree. This was probably 13, 14 years ago. Um, Dad had screw-ins in a, in a massive oak tree in the middle of a food plot. And uh, they're still in there today. And I, every year I go hunt that tree at least once, like around Christmas. And they're like grown... Yeah, and the they're shorter now. Out. They get shorter every year, but they're yeah. still there. Still well, those aren't going anywhere. No, those are not coming out. <laughs> well, no, I, he says that he's had them break on them before, so you got to be careful. 
but well that's what i've always thought when you see them in the store is like i'm pushing 200 pounds that looks like a really flimsy little step they got some that are pretty big, but the bigger you buy, you need to take a drill with you almost. Or a hammer. Right. And pre-drill it. I have a hard time just screwing in a bow hanger sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like custom slam them in there. <laughs> oh, man. And then I, you know, I went and bought another one this year because I couldn't find my, my one that's the best. There's one in particular I think is the best one on the market. Easy hanger? Yeah. Yeah, they're nice. The real tree easy Yeah, hanger. I got I like three or them this year. So I had to go buy this other brand, and I hated it. Have you seen and the... Then right like a week or two ago I found it in my closet and I was like yeah. oh yay yeah. I got it now and I don't need it have you seen the thing it's a strap you put around the tree mm-hmm. that has all the hooks that. on it I have seen that I yeah. want to get one of those yeah that that's looks a, like be pretty cool that's made by a saddle company isn't it I, I saw I it I want to say it. it's made by Predator I saw it on Instagram not Predator Tethered excuse me I can tell you right now because I messaged a guy I looked for him earlier this year and couldn't find him yeah that easy hanger though man they have the sharpest point. Oh, yeah. It takes very little pressure to get it going. Yeah, and you can angle right. it, stab yeah. it in. And, and I've had it. other ones, though, that, I mean, it's a pain just to get it going through the bark. I'll I'll just make a plug for these people on the, on the show. On Instagram, the uh, the handle is Big White Tail Dreams, and it's tree stand hangers. Sorry. Big White Tail, it is BigWhiteTailDreams.com, and they make the strap that has all the hooks on it. And uh, the guy's got videos of uh, installation and everything. Looks really simple. And you don't have to worry about screwing into the tree. And I'll have one for next season. I know we're getting off topic, but have you seen the single step systems? I have not. Or you, it's one step, and you climb with one step. It's like you climb up, and then there's a rope, and you take it off and pull it up and you just take one I've never used one but I've seen them and heard people rave about them seems like it would be time consuming but you're essentially just moving the rope up and down the tree and this and when the, you tighten it or something I don't know how that works I don't either I know but I, I, I know a buddy that's got one who's used them before and he's like you know cause I use long wolf sticks I don't know if they're the best I don't know if they're not um but I have them, so I use them, and they get kind of heavy because I like to carry four. Because I like to be twenty foot. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm pretty long, so I can get up high in between. But those get heavy when you got a mile walk at Panther Swamp. Right. I get aggravating, making noise. So that's why I carry the climber. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a lock on guy. I own lock ons, and I have them. Uh, they are not my favorite. I prefer a climber. Yeah, we've got some at the camp that are, you know, on trees that have been there for a few years. And, I mean, we go through and check the straps every year, but... Oh, I've got ratchet straps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what we've got. we got ratchet straps, and, yeah. and a couple of them got chains on them. But most of them got ratchet straps, and you just go through and change the straps. I'll tell you the dumbest thing I've done, and then, I'll, and then, I'll, then you can go. Dad bought about six deer stands from a thrift shop one time. And the seat. I thought you said this was the dumbest thing you've done, not what your dad's done. No, I got in it. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I've done. It's a seat that's a circle, about as big as a frisbee, probably. Yeah. And it just has a post with something welded spiky on the end. That's it. You put a rat strap on it, and you stick that little spike in. That's it. That's all there is. And I've sat in it before. Not proud of that. Well, I, you, I had a, a friend that used to own old man tree stands. And he got out of the business because of, he said it was a different lawsuit every day. I can imagine. He said just the stress of, of doing it. Probably or having heart attacks and carrying them in the woods. I'll tell you after the show. Okay. I don't want to mention his name on here. Well, I'm buddies with a guy that used to have it, so probably talking about the same guy. Probably are. I got. I bought a lot of his waterfowl stuff when I got into waterfowl. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a big turkey hunter too. Um, dumbest thing that I've done. There's been a lot, and I think you're gonna agree with this story because you were there. So, I guess it's been ten years ago. Man, not not quite. Probably eight years ago. We went on a camping trip on the river. 
on the Pearl. We put in at Georgetown, went down river. Gators everywhere. <laughs> I'm sure there well, were. There used to be. <laughs> now there's one. Really? Because they've been hunted to extinction, which is a good thing. All right. Kill them all. So we take off, and, and it's me and my dad and Hunter and his dad. And my dad, my dad gets car sick if he's not driving. So we leave Hattiesburg, and he was like, no, you drive. It's fine. I'll be fine. We get halfway there. It's an hour and a half. We get halfway there, and he's having to hang his head out the window because he's going to throw up. We finally get to the river, and my dad's just puking. And uh, we get the boat in. We get down the river to the sandbar. We're setting up, setting up camp, and Uncle Barry wanted to put some minnow traps out to catch some bait for trot lines. Mind you, we already had a 50-gallon drum full of sunfish. I'm talking slap full right. of sunfish. Sure like that we had gotten from ponds. and Yeah, we caught in ponds. I mean, just yeah, like the, a, it was setting up to be It was. It was going to be a really epic good, trip. Really good fishing trip. That's a lot of fish to clean. So, well, no, those were bait. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, we had like literally 50 to 100. Like there was just, it was black. Right. And this giant 50-gallon drum. So... He was like, well, let's do some minnow traps. So he hands me this machete, and he said, we need some of that bamboo back there to stake the traps down. Well, I go cut a, a stick of bamboo down, and you know how the it's got the little limbs coming off of it? I, I held this the bamboo. I stuck it down in the ground in the sand, and I'm just limbing it out, those little limbs. And the sand shifted about mid-swing, and my hand was exposed, and I filleted my index finger to the bone. Mind you, this is arguably the sharpest machete in existence. Yeah, it's like paper You're thin. Out in the nowhere. Yeah, we were. You're what, twenty minutes from the boat ramp. Twenty minutes down the river from Georgetown boat ramp. I would say, maybe. So I'm assuming y'all had to load up. Nope. Well, Man did. I did. <laughs> Uncle Barry put me i got in the boat well i came and like there's this little hill behind the behind the tents that we had set up so i came running down i ripped my shirt off immediately and wrapped my hand up in my shirt because i'm bleeding all over the place i came running down the hill i thought i cut my finger off and uh finally realized i didn't cut it completely off and uh i came running down the hill and i was like i got a problem i cut my hand really bad and uncle barry looked at it and he was like get in the boat so we got the boat. Disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Twenty minute boat ride back up the river to the truck, and then another twenty minutes, twenty five minutes to Hazelhurst to the little hospital in Hazelhurst. And I don't care if the people in Hazelhurst, if anybody there is listening to this, gets mad. I don't care. That is the worst medical facility ever. I can attest to that. I mean, it would be like going to the hospital in a third world country. <laughs> No offense. <laughs> no offense to the third no, world countries. No offense to the third world countries, but Hazelhurst Hospital sucks. It was terrible. I sat in the hospital for four hours before they could finally stitch me up. Mm. And uh, the guy comes in. He's an old man, and he's stitching my hand up, and he's got, like, Parkinson's disease. <laughs> so he, his hands are shaking while he's stitching my hand up. Now I've got this jagged scar that runs down my finger here. Yeah. And, and the best part is we came back to the river though I was going to say did you go back fishing went back and stayed two days yeah the best part is though right before this happened I went bass fishing in the Pearl and Ben's like you know catch none I caught a bass like second cast and I'm like dude this trip is going to be amazing there's good energy here and uh, Ben cuts his finger off I'm not sure we catch another fish because we got back and all the bait was bad. <laughs> all the bait in that fishy gallon drum getting died. bait. They all died. Because of the heat, it just killed them. I was, so it was the sun just baking it. Just baked them. Yeah. Because Uncle Barry was gone, you know, we had the, he had the boat. So yeah. they couldn't go a, put the line. It was one up. boat. Yeah. They had to wait, which we didn't think we were going to be four hours in the hospital to yeah, get a long time. 10 stitches or whatever yeah. it was. Me and Uncle Ken just sat in the water and cast a worm at the same log in the middle of the river for a few hours you know i i, I saw some pictures from that trip a couple of weeks ago and uh like i took a picture with my phone right before all that stuff happened 
and in the picture you can barely tell but my dad is laid out in a lawn chair like one of those lawn chairs you can lay down <laughs> yeah. in. he's laid out because he's just been puking for the last 30 minutes uh we didn't really catch that many fish either we didn't catch that many but we caught some all our bait was dead because i remember we came back home and your mom took a picture of the fish we caught and everything and made me hold my finger up like i was giving a number one yeah son i mean i did the same thing on stroll cut my split my ring finger toe down the middle through the fingernail yeah same machete i remember you did it that's probably the and i could you know like you said the other day when we talked i could probably do an an entire audio book on stupid things that i've done in the woods yeah i've i mean i've witnessed some funny things mishaps that weren't so much stupid but just were you know maybe somebody overestimating a good buddy of mine he's he's from oak grove uh i was hunting his land in perry county and he had him a bag of yellow acorns and we had a little creek we had to cross and i was like i'm sure you can make it across mm-hmm. and this bag weighed half of what he weighed and man he jumped and he made it to the other side but his momentum didn't <laughs> and he went straight backwards with a bag of corn on a 30 degree morning oh <laughs> in the water and i it took me about five minutes to quit laughing uh that happened i've done that too i've fallen in water i fell opening weekend of duck season a bunch this year and then uh just this weekend, buddy from the army came in and hunted with me. Killed his first rack buck. I was sitting in the shooting house with him, but he forgot to hold on to that thirty out six, and that scope kissed him. No, he shot. Buck went down. He jumped back and said some choice words, and I looked at him, and it was nothing but blood all over his nose. <laughs> he and it was he have to have some stitches. He didn't have to have stitches. He probably could have had one or two, but he <laughs> yeah. ended up being okay. But it was a, it was a good story. But good, good again, black for five minutes, I couldn't talk to him because I was laughing so hard. Because <laughs> he was asking, "Is he dead?" And I was like, "The deer never moved. The deer went straight down. His feet never came up. It was just." <laughs> <laughs> but you were bouncing around, covering your nose. You ever been scoped on her? I don't. I don't think I have. I have once. We were shooting pigs at night one time when I was in high school. I mean, I've shot a adult size 270 since i was like six so right. it's like impossible I, I tell you i got scoped one time not enough to bust the skin but i'm talking about it hit me and made my eyes water and when i tell you you're gonna probably like how's that even possible it was a 223 and it was when i was in the army and what it was is we were on the range and they tell you to relax mm-hmm. just relax see the target yeah. you just want to barely pull that trigger and i was in the prone and i just got so relaxed and so close to that acog scope that I wasn't even really holding the gun. Mm-hmm. And I remember right. one time I shot, that sun gun came back and hit me, and my eyes watered, and I was like, I just got <laughs> scoped by a two twenty three or a 5.56. Five, yeah. Uh, but I've never had it on a big gun. I'm usually holding on to them pretty good. Uh, I one time. I and mean, one time was enough. That feel good. Learned my lesson. So. It's funny you said squeeze the trigger, because nobody does that. That I know. We don't. No. Like, especially, like, it's the same concept that you have to force people to do in archery. Quit punching. Right. People punch that trigger on a gun. Uh, yeah. I do it too sometimes. Yeah. You get excited. Yeah. And I've done it. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten a lot better the older I get with it, you know, being conscious of it. But well, it's weird. It's yeah. weird, especially because you grow up shooting shotguns. Right. And stuff. 22s and yeah well let's take a break and uh when we come back i'm gonna read some stories about some other stupid things that go on (laughs) around our country so we'll be right back and oh lord it makes me smile wow bill your sauce makes my baby hot you nailed that son this sauce really hits the spot Grab your chicken, shrimp, boiled eggs, pizza, or a big poke chop. I'm gonna need that bag. Why, Bill? Your sauce makes my baby hot. Put your bills on it. Go check out Wild Bill Sauce on Instagram or on the web at wildbillsauce.com. If you'll enter the promo code CAMO, you'll get 25% off your purchase. Once again, that's wildbillsauce.com, promo code CAMO. All right, so we're back. And since we've kind of been talking about dumb stuff that we've done um, last couple of weeks, I've kind of just been flooded with, you know, websites that I read on, magazines that I read in, with stories like these. 
Um, not necessarily like stupid stuff where you get hurt, but stupid stuff like where you go to jail. That's the fun um, stuff. These are really good. You guys are going to like these. So just the other day, now this blew my mind. There's a guy in Texas that's facing felony charges for illegally killing a buck in Texas. He claimed he killed it in Arkansas. Uh, it didn't meet... Well, claimed he killed it in Arkansas. Apparently, he said something on social media. And they did some investigating and found out, no, he killed this deer in Texas uh, on private land that he did not have permission to hunt. And the deer did not meet Texas antler standards. So he's facing felony charges for Ill- illegal harvest of, uh, I guess, undersized right. deer in Texas. Um, another one, which is it? What is it in Mississippi? Is it what? Fe- is it? It's not a felony, right? No, I wouldn't think it's a felony. It would just you be more of a citation, right? Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> apparently in Texas, it's a felony. That's inc- it's insane. I don't understand. It's a deer, that. man. I wonder if the state line had anything to do with it. Maybe he. Well, maybe he killed it in Texas. Does he live in Arkansas? No, he lives in Texas. One, oh, okay. So he didn't. I he mean, never crossed he, the state line. Yeah, he didn't transport across state lines. Yeah. Well, there was a guy in Texas that shot a 300 inch deer in a, a high fence. And had to pay like a fine, and the value of the deer was like twenty something thousand dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, he took a picture with it. <laughs> Think about all right. So this guy got busted on so through social media. Think about how many things go unchecked because they don't go on social media, or things that like you used to get away with that you don't get away with now because of social media. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, not your local st- stupid people. It's not your local gas station bragging board where you put a. Polaroid up, right? You know, they put it on the internet, and I guess there's game and fish officers that watch that stuff. Yeah, and well, and then like here in Mississippi, if you hunt public land, you check in digitally now. Yep. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. You can't kill a turkey that. if you get caught. No, no, I knew, I knew the turkey thing. Yeah. Okay, because I've got the uh, the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks the app on my phone, and I know with turkey harvest you check it in. Yeah, I do not believe, app. though, I, I'm i not sure if they will still allow any handwritten check-ins on WMAs. Yeah, really. I'm not sure they will you, either. You have to have a, the app. Well, guess what happens when you have the app? Let's just say you keep going into a spot over and over. I think now the things you used to get away with, there's a there's a digital track to where you've been. Right, there's a digital footprint. There's where a digital footprint. And, yeah. I, and I'm not saying that's why they use the app. I guess you could turn the location services off. Right. But uh, it's just kind of something that's happened where the things you may have gotten away with before, you may not get away with now. Well, uh, Hayden and I did that in uh, Starville. Um, It's not that I can't think of the WMA up there. Tallahassee? There's some big national forest and there's a WMA. I thought you hunted Tallahassee or Tallahatchie. Maybe so. I can't remember. It's not Chickasaw, isn't it? No, that's Chickasaw's down here. Chickasaw's over east of here. Yeah, I thought that was Chickasaw Hay, though. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I there's a chick- I think there's or a turkey, chick- turkey Fort Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, we I don't know my WMS. We pulled I in. I don't either. And I like tagged some spots on the map and was just doing some quick scouting, looking for trails and stuff. And I found a spot, and Hayden's like, "Dude, I think we gotta virtually check in." I, I didn't even have the app. Right. <laughs> I have no service in there. So I just filled out a handwritten thing. It was like, well, we'll see what happens. So what happens, I wonder, if you don't have service? I've heard somebody bring that up. I don't know. Uh, is Houston, Mississippi pretty close to start one? Yeah. Chickasaw. Chickasaw. That's probably it. That's where you're at. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question because I've hunted Cane Mount before one time. Uh, a couple of years ago, great hunting. I mean, there's no signal. Right. I don't yeah. know how they do it there? Uh, like we don't have on our place. We don't. You don't have phone service on half the spots that you know you yeah. would hunt. And I'm, I might be wrong, but I don't think that goes for national forest. 
You're right. I don't think it goes for national because you can't even find the national forest on the. Yeah, it's just gonna be WMA. There is weird areas up there though where like it's a WMA and it's a national forest where they kind of overlap. So that can get weird. Designated areas within the national forest. But you're just now hearing about this. Right, no, that's right. That's my thing. Like, send me a newsletter. Which I haven't hunted public land in Mississippi in a couple of years. Right. So. I think they came out with it probably two years ago, maybe three. I don't know. I, well, uh, Panther Swamp's not WMA because that's the only public land I hunted last year. And yeah, when I did Cane Mount, I think it was 2019. So yeah, but I know that's <laughs> coming up on three. But it was it was digital. Really? At Panther Swamp, they're like, if you take one extra shell of these, oh, no, well. Oh. If you take one extra of these slips, the little cards, they're like, we will gun you down. <laughs> right. No, that's, Dude. That's the way it was at St. Catharines. We got a speeding ticket in St. Catharines one time for doing 27 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, Luke, and, Luke and Landon did too. Yeah. Well, not a speeding ticket. They got stopped. Look, back to what you were saying. You were saying things you get away with or you did and you didn't think about maybe before. My buddy this weekend killed a beautiful 10-point Delta deer. Lives in Nashville had to leave the deer with me he called his taxidermist and his taxidermist said there can be absolutely no uh bone or brain matter maybe. no brain matter no brain, and it has to be cleaned out yeah bone. my buddy's kind of new to hunting well, he's not new to it but he doesn't do it often and I, I told him i was like look we are like seven degree levels above what i can do right. and i can't do that so he left it with me, and it's here getting mounted here, and it will be taken care of just because of CWD. Levels. I was about to say, that's the CWD yeah. thing. That yeah, just came in. Was, was that that 140? Yeah. Yeah, I would have took a whole saw bit and a shot back and <laughs> took it back. I'm not leaving. Yeah, <laughs> like, he trusted me with it, so what, I, I took it. What has to happen is it has to be checked. Like if you removed it, like if I know if you're in a CWD zone or that county you hunt is, you can't take a, a, a deer head out of that zone can't transport it out of that zone until it's checked yeah we did not we were not in a cwd zone but i want to say most of the state of the most of the state of tennessee is a cwd right zone. they have more cases than we do by yes far. yes which I, I think that's where those cases up in the north part of the state that we've had this they said from. it came from tennessee yeah. Yeah. you know I'm close to you i don't know where that came from i think cwd's been here yeah it's prevalent i mean it's probably everywhere. You know, Alabama had their first case about a week ago. And we'll never hear the end of it in our lifetime, probably. No, no. But, I mean, CWD's been around since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And other states have dealt with it. The one thing that that I don't agree with is the, you know, how the, the, the state, the Department of Wildlife has gone in and just killed hundreds of deer. I don't think that's the solution. And it's either. it's only, it's a prion disease, correct? Like only yep. in the brain. Right. It's a prion. Yeah. Yep. Like, you can't get it from consuming organ meat or anything, right? As of right now, they don't believe you can. And I want to be fair to the state of Tennessee. Uh, from what I'm reading here, all their cases of CWD have come from an eight-county area, so it's not the whole state. Okay. Hmm. But it is. Those eight counties are right on the Mississippi border. Right. So <sighs> We've probably got about eight, county, eight or ten counties now that have had a case. So I can actually see now why state would probably tell him no you can't bring that deer in sure because they don't know if he killed it on the mississippi tennessee line right and it could you know haven't he takes it up to nashville and but this is my question the deer's dead he's gonna have it mounted what does it matter if it did have cwd i don't know i don't understand how like that's the part i don't understand he's gonna go smear the brain everywhere if i take my dead deer head home with me Mm -hmm. what's gonna get it like or is, are they worried about where I'm going to discard the remnants? Well, I don't I, know. I, this is just me on a stretch here. But it affects, if it's if it deals with the brain, the spinal column is going to be involved. Correct. Right. And I wonder if they're saying, don't bring anything up here in case he were to take it to a processor. I didn't think about that. And a processor were to get into that spine somehow on accident, on purpose. I, I don't know. I'm just right. about but, case but scenario. But still, even if that's the case, we're just talking about... It being consumed by humans. Yeah, yeah. You well, know, what about when you dump the carcass? If somebody were to dump it, I'm, I'm playing devil's No, I agree. No, because I read that like a deer could die in the wild of CWD, body decompose. Say grass grows where that body decomposes, another deer comes along and eats that grass. It could potentially get CWD from eating from where that deer decomposed. I didn't know that. That's brutal. If I that's read that factual, and I was like, if that's accurate, <clears throat> then CWD's been here for a long time. Yeah, 
and it's no. not going anywhere no matter how many deer the department of wildlife decide they want to kill well it's funny that whenever i was a kid we always ate like we always ate the heart there's been a few times that dad has tried to do something with the liver but could never get it right and there wasn't any meat that went to waste right. like i've cut rib meat out for right. sausage like you know that's just the way we always did it um and as a kid you're you're playing with it you know you're playing with the head walking around making tracks with the feet dad would never let me poke the brain with sticks or anything and this is like 20 not 20 years ago well yeah probably 20 years ago yeah he would never let me you know because when you're a kid you're poking the eye the time curious trying to figure everything out so never let me fool the brain he knew then ahead of the curve Barry yeah. McCool <laughs> imagine that <laughs> he said no that's the, where they carry diseases I'm like okay the next the next story this one's pretty good Iowa felon asked his wife to say that she shot a 14 point buck so the deer was apparently killed in October of this this season shot in a baited food plot in Iowa the guy took the deer to his taxidermist like must have been a few weeks later because the taxidermist said the deer was kind of decomposing the the fur was and the guy told this really sketchy story about how it happened or whatever so the taxidermist is the one that like alerted the local game wardens Uh, the guy said that he killed it with a bow and arrow but he had already said uh, he needed his wife to to say that she killed the deer because he was a convicted felon and he actually shot the deer with a muzzle loader mm. and he's not supposed to be in the possession of any kind of firearm. Yeah, there you go. I, I can't remember the name of that uh, that act, but there's a congressional act. That, yeah, where um, a felon can't own a firearm. Felon or anyone convicted of domestic assault can't like right have one can't can't be in possession of a firearm so this guy shoots a deer a big 14 point buck in iowa which i'd imagine in iowa is probably it's probably a giant deer yeah i'm sure it was uh shoots it with his muzzle loader and now he's potentially going to jail for being a convicted felon (laughs) shooting a rifle what a way to end up back in there why why do you not just say my wife shot this deer mount it and just walk out (laughs) like don't i wouldn't tell a story Mount this deer. I, don't, I killed it with my bow. I didn't see a picture of the deer, but my guess is that there was probably a lot of chatter. It must have been a really big deer. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was. You know, and then you take a half. I mean, think about it, though. You kill, a, in Matt's case, a 180-inch deer. In mine, in your case, a 100-inch deer. <laughs> uh, and we take it to the taxidermist. We're not taking it to the taxidermist two weeks later when it's starting to decompose. Like, it's the next day you're going up there and you're bragging about it. Right. You know, we all like to boast about big deer that we kill. So, you know, you bring in one that's been decomposing for a while and you're kind of wondering, well, what's this guy been sitting on, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Good good for the taxidermist, I guess, for kind of calling it out. Uh, this is the best one. Louisiana, uh, what I've got, all right. Thank goodness none of this came out of Mississippi. So, for once, Mississippi's not in, in, well, the, in the limelight for something bad. At the end, when you finish, I unfortunately have one from Mississippi, which is the number one on Realtree's website. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that was not on there when I look. Go ahead and tell it because I don't want to end with a Mississippi story. Okay. Uh, I want to make fun of this one is titled A Group show. Effort. Several southern Mississippi hunters were charged with several state and federal violations after they illegally harvested 100 turkeys in several states. Oh, my. I remember when that happened. Yeah, and t- Mar- on March 13, 2020, they were busted. 15 different properties across, I think it was the 2019 and 2020 season. Man, they caught them. Yeah, I think the fine was like... I'm not seeing it, but it was it was aggressive, and yeah, they had they served time. Yeah, that's but yeah, that's the Mississippi one. So <laughs> killed a hundred turkeys <laughs> in a season. What would you do with a hundred turkeys? You would have a killer 
killer beard wall with a hundred tickets. <laughs> I like I all right. I don't shoot a buck unless I can just tell a bunch of people about it. Usually, because if I can't brag about it, why am I shooting it? You know. But all right, I'm glad you got the Mississippi story out of the way. Now we can had to poke, be said. We can poke fun at Louisiana now. Or number one, I've got two stories from Louisiana. Number one, and this is more milder, the more milder of the two. Louisiana man cited for taking over the daily limit of deer. Uh, What's the daily limit? I'm guessing it's one buck, one doe. Okay. Where's this at? Louisiana? Louisiana. Louisiana. He was also uh, cited for criminal trespassing, hunting without a license, failure to comply with deer tagging. Obviously, he didn't tag it because he had too many. Uh, Failure to wear orange and taking illegal deer during the open season. Um, he was actually caught on private land by the landowner without permission to be on that land. So that'll that'll get you. I, I feel like people that shoot more than their daily bag limit of deer are not the ones that have to clean the deer. <laughs> because I promise you, if you showed up at 6.30 at the skin and rack and it's 28 degrees and you had two does, you know, like in late January, we'd all be going... You're by yourself. You're by buddy. yourself on these, man. Yeah, right. that's uh, going to be brutal. I, d- I must admit that I did shoot a doe recently, but it was a, a special one. You, you got to tell that in a minute, too. Yeah. Last stupid story I'm going to tell tonight. This is the best one of the night. Louisiana police officer accused of using patrol car to illegally hunt deer at night. They, do have, they have Q-beams on the side of them. Right. I'd probably get in trouble for at least harassing deer. Oh, there's <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I would harass deer in the city limits and stuff, but I, yeah, I don't think I'd take a shot. I don't know, man. At two o'clock in the morning on an old country road <laughs> patrol, <laughs> so old Rube standing out there. It, it gets better. Not only did he use his patrol car to illegally hunt deer at night, he had three people with him. Oh man, it gets even better. One of the three, one of the trigger men, was a convicted felon <laughs> illegally in possession of a firearm. Oh, that's awesome. He did, he, did he arrest him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, this guy's going to have a tough time finding a job. This guy's law enforcement career is over. He's oh, done. Nobody, and obviously nobody had a hunting license. Or either. orange. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they the were blue lights on, I guess. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty good. I was like, oh, man, this is typical Louisiana. I love it. So those are uh, – we need to do like an idiot of the week segment. Or like every week just have something somebody does insanely stupid mm-hmm. and just highlight that on the show. Right. I'm not going to say – I can't sit here and say that I've never done some night shooting in my younger hedonistic days. I've never well, that's that's good on you. I was asked that question. I mean, I don't. I think I was too afraid of what my dad would do to me. Well, back before I was like <laughs> right. rabbits. <laughs> well, I mean, no, yeah. I shot a mini rabbit and cat. I remember the cat at Christmas. <laughs> I had twenty-two propped on Ben's shoulder. Oh, uh, that was a long time ago too. None of this stuff. Obviously, I am completely opposed to any kind of illegal hunting activities, Correct. but. I know there was a couple times in high school that I went with a friend and it started out we were shooting pigs at night from the truck right and then next thing you know we shot a deer and <laughs> next thing you know <laughs> like like it was a fever dream he <laughs> was like so, like it was a fever dream oh no I shot that deer <laughs> no he shoots this deer we were shooting pigs which you can shoot pigs at night yes you can but you can't do it from your truck from the road, okay? <laughs> can't do and it that's what we were doing. The interstate. <laughs> and uh, he shoots a deer. I'm like, holy cow, man, you just shot a deer. And he's like, yeah, I know. He said, let's drive off and we'll come back an hour or two later and get it. This might be the dumbest thing I've ever done in the outdoors, by the way. <laughs> we come back an hour or two later and it's raining. And he pulls off the road and there's a house a couple hundred yards away from where he shot yeah. this deer. 
And he goes out in the field to go get this deer. I feel like that guy is standing out there. This guy is on his porch on the phone with the police saying, yeah, they just pulled back up to get the deer. I can yep. hear it plain as day. I'm like, dude, get in the truck. We're leaving. And he was like, man, I got to get the deer. And he got left in that field for a couple of hours in the rain. He had to lay out there while the cops looked for him. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah, for sure. That is. Now, that was 20 years ago, so I'm well beyond that stage of life now. Yeah. Well, Matt, we talked about piebald deer a few weeks ago, and I'm moving on really quick from that story because we need to create some distance between that. Fifth Amendment. (laughs) Statute of limitations are definitely over on that, but... We talked about piebald deer a couple weeks ago, and uh, I think I told the story. Brad Bridges killed one at our camp, a uh, big piebald doe. She had white all over her legs. It was really cool. And then now you've got your own piebald story. Yeah, it's. Uh, I wish I had a longer story, because. but the first time I ever had this deer on camera or saw it ever was when it walked out. Right. Uh, I just bought into a small piece of property not far from my camp. I mean, I'm, I'm just a small fraction owner of this small property. And uh, I've planted some food plots this year, and I've hunted, and uh, my son's killed a doe. And I got in the stand, and there's a big eight point I was, you know, set on. I told my buddy from the Army that was visiting me, I said, you know, I'm just hunting the big eight. That's it. I said, if I shoot, it's a buck. Well, I lied to him because I had about seven does out there, which is probably the most I've seen all year sitting on a stand. And uh, I saw something white kind of bobbing back and forth in the woods coming my way man i got excited i turned the camera off got my gun up really focused in on it well you turned the camera off well i had my uh i was cell phone oh your cell phone okay footage uh on the does show my kids and stuff i mean they were right up under me and one old doe kept having a staring contest with me i thought she was gonna blow but uh yeah this doe walks up and she's about 80 percent white on her face and i don't mean just a gray i mean definitely piebald white and then she had a few spots on her body that were piebald but they were literally the size of quarters it was like a few polka dots on her yeah. she almost looked like a spotted fawn she's a hundred and something pound deer though yeah uh, it was just the way her piebald was so i got to thinking i thought of you hunter because you said you'd shoot one with a buck behind it correct <laughs> and so I unless was like, the buck was piebald as well <laughs> yeah yeah and so then i decided i was like you know i think i'm going to take this you know not all the trophies out there have horns so I shot her. She ran probably 40 yards. And uh, that's the coolest doe I've ever killed. It's probably the latest I've ever shot a deer as an adult, too, that's not a buck. I latest usually, in the year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I usually wouldn't shoot a doe this late in the year. Not because I'm saying, oh, they're, they're pregnant or this, but right. usually I have some meat in the freezer, and I'm not right. meat hunting at that point. Right. Uh, it's, so, inter- yeah. it's interesting you said that about shooting a doe late because I've had this argument with people before. And they've always used that, well, that doe could have, you know, if it's post-rut, well, that doe could have been bred. Well, what's the difference in me shooting her now or me shooting her in October? Yeah. And then she didn't get bred anyway. Yep. Right. Yeah. And there's usually not much of a rebuttal after that when you say that. I ha- I'm not opposed to shooting doe. I mean, Mackenzie, so I thought, I, I thought my hunting season was over. Yeah. And... You know, I'd put up all my gear, washed all my clothes up, packed it away in the vacuum seal bags and everything. And uh, our middle daughter got COVID. And thanks to the good old CDC, I'm no longer considered vaccinated because I haven't had the booster shot. So I had to quarantine. And, I mean, I felt fine. Mackenzie, my oldest daughter, has felt fine. So I said, hey, we're not going to just sit at home let's go hunt and Mackenzie's killed a, a buck the last two years I tried to get her to shoot a doe last year and she'll kill me for telling this story so we're sitting in the stand huge doe that blows at you every time you get come in like she's got to die and she's feeding in the plot and I could not get Mackenzie to shoot her I Mackenzie got the right this was last year she got the rifle up you know put it out the window of the shooting house and then I looked at her, and she was kind of shaking. I'm going, what is wrong? Pull the trigger already. 
And I looked at her, and she had tears running down her face. And she was like, I just can't shoot a mama deer. I understand that. I said, hand me the rifle. Yeah. And she handed me the rifle, and I hung out the window and popped it. Which <laughs> <laughs> she was absolutely mortified of. But uh, we went the other day, and I told her on the way up, I was like, you know, we really need to kill one more deer this year. And if we don't see a good buck, a shooter buck, would you shoot a doe? And she said, I think I can shoot one this year. And... Uh, we went up and we had some does feeding in the plot and I, it was they came out a little early and i told her i said why don't we just wait until you know the last few minutes of shooting uh light and if no bucks come out then if you want to still shoot that doe you shoot her and she had no problems this year she she popped it she well she center punched it and it smelled horrible but yeah uh the deer that you know it rolled over right there and died so Look, but she killed her first doe those old you know nose as long as size 13 shoe right does i'm telling you i mean i haven't been doing as long as some people but one of those if one of those was in 50 yards of me i better hurry up and get ready to shoot her she's gonna see me i don't right. care if i'm 25 feet up a tree and she's uh, not downwind oh, yeah. there's something about those old suckers they will just turn their head and be locked on you and that happened to me the other day in the stand luckily i was sitting it's not bow hunting, so I was just sitting, and I didn't have to move anything. I yeah. just sat there, and I, I had a face mask on and everything, and she still was locked in on me, and I was thinking, it's every time. <laughs> this one that Mackenzie killed kept locking in on us, yeah. and we were being really still, and she knew, I mean, she knew where that shooting house was, and she knew that people sat in there, and she kept checking and checking and checking, and I was like, man, we're going to get busted any minute. And mm-hmm. she, ended, she didn't. She never did blow, and, and Mackenzie, I got to brag on her, she... She was very patient. She waited for a good shot, and she had to do a little waiting after she got, you know, the rifle up on the deer uh, for the deer to turn. And I was pretty proud of her being able to be patient like that, because you know most kids are ready to just ready, oh, yeah. ready to ready to fire. Ready to and, fire. And I get that way. And uh, yeah, but look, you were talking about how you know she could, she was upset, couldn't shoot a doe last year. Look, my ten year old son last year. Uh, he shot a coyote um, we have a coyote problem we had one come out and I told him to shoot it and he shot it and he got a little upset after he shot really? it really well he feels like it's a dog yeah and I was like well it's just a dog's cousin there's no doubt about it but I kind of explained to him like you know if you want turkeys you want fawns all these things right these are not something that's we want a lot of around here and he's cool with it now I, and I didn't mean to put him in that spot I didn't think he would think of it like a dog but you got we should look at it like a kid sometimes right because an adult's oh. like oh that's a coyote but a kid kind of sees dog oh I, I get yeah. that and, and for her I explained to her the the need for taking does off your place yeah you know to as a, as a way to help grow bigger bucks so she did good though well guys you got anything else for the night? Nope. That should do it. Well, I don't. I've got probably one more waterfowl trip in me. Yeah. Well, maybe two because we do have a youth weekend. So I may have some stories from that. Uh, the shovelers have started showing up. Uh, for the waterfowl hunters, the shoveler has one of the lowest waterfowl IQs probably. Really? Yeah, they, they are, are dumb. dumb. They are the, they're, they're fun to hunt with a kid because they call them smiling mallards. They have kind of the big spoon bill. Yeah. And uh, they're just, you really don't have to call them. Like if you're hidden well and you have decoys out, sometimes you'll look up and they're just landing. And so I'm looking forward to that with my son because when they show up, I'm like, he's going to get to shoot something. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know. Off the it. water. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like mallards, I mean, you know how. I mean, sometimes they'll go around you six, seven times. Yeah. It's, it's hard on a 10-year-old. I'm like, keep your head down. Don't Do not move. Yeah, yeah, don't mm-hmm. move. And they've come around five, six times, and it's like, oh, man, these are making this so difficult. But shovelers, on the other hand. 100 miles an hour around. coming into Easy land, son. Feet down, ready to go. So I'm looking forward to that. No, what are do they kind of migrate the same way that mallards and all do? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, we're about to get, you know, that cold snap we're getting now. So bring yeah, well, down. Mississippi still has not had a good push of ducks in my opinion. Other than the opening weekend push we had had was good. Well, the Midwest uh, is supposed to get a really hard freeze in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going up this weekend. I've had enough. Uh, but I am going up the last weekend and then the youth weekend. So I'll have some reports. I'm sure people will be posting pictures this weekend if they get it. 
Hunter, you still deer hunting? Yeah, I'm going to kill two more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to New Hebron on a meat hunt. Um, well, you've got until January 31st up there, and then you got till February 15th down here. Correct. i got three weekends. Four yeah. weekends still. Yeah, um, four, four more weekends. Three I'm, more weekends. I have an unknown number of weekends. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure we're done. I mean, yeah. I, I get out of quarantine Saturday, and it's off to baseball for the next, well, through June. So, I, I don't know if I'll deer hunt again. Really? We've got plenty of meat. There is a big eight point I'd like to get a shot at, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm totally cool if we don't. Well, it'd be around next year. There you go. If the neighbors don't get it, it's on a small piece of property. Yeah. Not a big piece of property. Well, you made it this long. Maybe they make it a couple yeah. more weeks. Yeah. We got some bucks showing back up that kind of left. So I'm yeah. going to try and stick around for one of those. But <clears throat> good. Well, I want to shoot two more. Next week, I expect to have a, a deer story from you and maybe a duck story from Matt in the next week or so. Yep, sounds good. Yep, and turkey season is right around the corner. All right, before we go, let's just go ahead and make a deal now. I have got to kill a turkey this year. I've never killed a turkey. I've got to kill one this year. I say it every year, but i got to make it happen. You never kill a turkey? No. Turkey season is always during baseball season. <coughs> That's right. We talked about that. I've only killed one turkey. Well, but we both need to kill a turkey. Like in 21. Hunter owes me a turkey. So that's where we got we got to kind of lean to Hunter, I think, because all my land access is going to be in the Delta. Mm-hmm. And really, when it comes to turkey hunting, they kind of they get like a D kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but if you get down here in South Mississippi, you yeah. know, you're in that A minus B plus territory. Yeah. I've I've got a friend I'll reach out to. He's got some really good turkey hunting property. Maybe he'll let us come over there. But we've got to kill it. I've got to kill a bird. Like it's it's gotten to the point where it's really bothering me. So. Yeah, I got some leftover three and a halfs that you can use. Three and a halfs. I've I've got all the equipment. If they made a four inch. I'd shoot a four inch. <laughs> if you shoot the TSS, you can shoot a four ten, and you'll be fine. Yeah, ninety five yards, twenty dollars a round. I don't shoot good enough to shoot anything that costs twenty dollars. Can't a even round. see a turkey at ninety five yards. <laughs> Is it a hen? I don't know. <laughs> Just shoot it, man. We'll figure it out. Hypothetically. Well, good stuff. Well, when we come back, hopefully we'll have some success stories from Matt and Hunter so thank you guys for tuning in see you next time while you're scrolling through Facebook check out Mr. Nice Guy Food Truck and Catering also a special thank you to Jason Justice of Orange Beach Alabama who provides all of the music for the Pinstripes to Camo Podcast